What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the newest episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce and Mark McKenzie. Mark, we, we just did it. We just had to redo the intro. I had your name first uh, last time. Didn't feel right, uh, only because I'm talking. So it's, I don't know if that's even grammatically correct. But what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's another beautiful week here in Belgium. You need to take a trip out here, man. By the way, I'm going to make sure I get you a plane ticket because, yeah, it's it's legit. Waffles, legit. I gotta say, uh, I there there is a real nice light coming through your window right now, yeah, which man. means the seasons are changing out there for you. It's getting it's getting darker a little bit later, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the people are starting to the the terraces are starting to wake up <laughs> where people might be sitting outside soon when the lockdown uh, ends. But it's just a nice it's a nice light on you. You you look very much like a I don't know like a like like um, a lifestyle health and wellness uh uh podcaster today you know just the light coming through the lighting the 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 colorway of everything just feels very much like really clean really like just positive energy man appreciate that man i've been drinking water i've been getting good <laughs> sleep you know eating right food my vegetables do using yeah. a face wash detoxing you know it's, it's great like man you know my west coast flow you know i like that i like that i could see i could see you you being like wrapping up this whole pro game on the west coast and just sort of enjoying yourself a little bit out here I know for sure. West Coast life is nice. No humidity, really. Uh, a lot less mosquitoes. I don't even know. You guys, don't even, I don't even know if you have mosquitoes out there. I think they do. Ex- I think they do exist in certain parts, but okay. you know, where, yeah. where you where, where you'll be yeah. living by then, Mark, you don't have to worry about anything, man. You know what I mean? You don't yeah, have to worry man. about anything. You'll 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 get to pick and choose what type of things you want around you. You know, yes, but um, this week, your boy has joined us. Who's our guest? Big guy Daryl DK. Yeah. What a guy, huh? What a guy. I got to say, man, between... I, I feel like you and I do a good job of just tearing these walls down um, and getting these guys to just be our friend, you know? Like, I'm faking it because these aren't my <laughs> friends. They're your friends, so you can be a little more natural. But I got to just, you know, find a place right in the middle of it to be like, what are these young kids talking about these days? You know, when, when he when he hit you with the, his music option... I was like, oh, quickly Googling, like, oh, yeah, like, new album. Like, yeah, like, how can I be part of this conversation, you know? Nah, it's cool. It's a team effort. Look, I, I throw up the alley off the backboard and you just slam it home, you know? Or vice versa. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? It's, it's both ways. I like that. I, wanna, I, want, I want us to have, like, a T-shirt that comes out where it's the D-Wade where he's running uh, yeah. and Ron Duncan in the background, you know? I don't know which one is which in this context, but, like, one of us is arms open, the other one is, is throwing down the dunk, which I, I can get know. behind. Yeah, it's, a, it's an iconic period, and now we're going to make it even more <laughs> iconic, so what, what, what can we say? <laughs> well, yeah, before before we eat up uh, too much of, of everyone's time, uh, let's get into our conversation with Daryl DK. All right, so let's welcome in our latest, newest guest, striker for Barnsley, setting the championship on fire with eight goals in 15 games on loan from Orlando City, who uh, actually still holds my rights, uh, where he had a breakout season in 2020. Daryl Deakey, what is going on, my man? Uh, nothing much. Excited to be here. What's going on, everybody? You know, just Mark and I trying to take <laughs> over the podcasting world. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, it's it's getting more and more complicated, you know, like, we're having trouble booking West Coast guests because I'm on the West Coast and 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 Mark's 
in Europe, and I think is G- GMT. Are you GMT time, nah, Mark? Yeah, I'm Central European time. Central European. Yeah, I don't C-E-T. even know why I went with like the acronym. Is yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're in you're in the UK, and you know it's just you know all these time zones make it make it complicated. You know, I guess for you, what you know, how has it been moving abroad since you know in the middle of a pandemic? No, I think it's kind of weird because for me. I, you know, I've never, never been really far away from, you know, the States in general. I mean, I went on vacation once, but especially to come over here and then during a pandemic, I can't see anything. Like I, I come home and I sit here and play Warzone. <laughs> I do homework and train, go to the grocery store once in a while. But other than that, like, you know, I don't actually get to see anybody or you get to see the country. So I mean, kind of sucks. But I mean, for now, like, you know, it's just kind of how things are. What, what part of the country are you in for, for like, people that... Uh, don't know like myself that don't I, I think I know you know it's like oh yeah I'm well traveled because I've been to like Manchester and London and you know I've been to all the big cities but people don't realize that like even when I played abroad I was okay I was in Copenhagen for a bit which is great but then I moved to Germany and I was in a small town and people don't realize how many football clubs are in just small towns and places that are not like you know kind of metropolitan areas or or, or big cities where, where are you at? No, yeah. So like I'm so like Barnsley's like in the northern part, you know, like northern central part of the uh, of the UK. Oh, I'm sorry, of England. It's like an hour from Manchester, like 30 minutes from Leeds. It's like a little. It's like in North Yorkshire, which I don't even know if you know what that is. I know you're bringing <laughs> you're bringing up Yorkshire, like like people. Yorkshire, like, okay. yeah, the pudding, just, yeah, the pudding, pudding stick, right? The pudding. I just I just stick to to Le- Leeds and Manchester. It's it's near those two. You places. got Yorkshire pudding. You got Yorkshire terriers. Yorkshire, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, I know, I, Mark. I know you know Yorkies because you got a girlfriend, and I know that like girlfriends, especially her age, <laughs> are looking it. at like little, little like York, like designer. Dogs, so that's designer dogs, dogs. Like little, yeah, like little teacup dogs that can like fit in your hand, you know. Yeah. Bro, no, they love they love putting them in purses and, and walking in like, oh, look at me as the head sticks out, and you're like, okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, cool. I had a I had I had a I had a um, uh, significant other at one point that uh, we were shopping for. The, these dogs right rescue or whatever like looking and she's like oh yeah this one's a, it's a teacup and we went and looked and it was like you know it was like the length of my arm and i was like man you know internet is out there like just scamming people like a teacup <laughs> that was the size of my arm like that is huge that's not <laughs> like i think that there's some mixed breeding in there somewhere but um i don't know how we got to this uh point of talking about dogs but uh yeah. <laughs> how, how, how has you know this is this is it's, you know it's like the game right it's fluid the game is fluid you know you just gotta you know go, you go where adapt. the topic takes us these things happen. Sure. so you know how how has it been um y- your transition there how much how has the team helped you and and sort of your success or has it just been like mostly you um just d- determined to be successful or have they been really welcoming to you and all that no, I think it's kind of both because when I came here, I knew I knew it would kind of be a different level, different style of play. And I kind of wanted to step out of my comfort zone. And when I came here, I, I think the, the coaches, the the players around me kind of did a good job at integrating to me and integrating with me and kind of knowing, OK, this is how we play. This is how the league is. They welcomed me and they truly wanted me to succeed. And for me, you know, I, I took it upon myself to challenge myself and, you know, take in all the information they were going they were giving me and then, you know, Quickly after training, I was able to know, you know, challenges are going to be flying in, like people are going to be physical and stuff like that. And, you know, I kind of learned from training how things were going to be, how games were going to be. And, you know, with the team's momentum and everybody kind of pushing me, that's kind of how I how I've kind of grown and, you know, I've been adapted to English football. 
Yeah, I mean, well adapted too. Eight goals, fifteen games. Is that is that by your standards? Is that okay? Is that you know below average? Like for you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, for me, like when I came here, like I didn't, I didn't really like look at like a goal tally. I just kind of told myself like, how can I improve? How can I you know help Barnes to kind of go up? And naturally, I think the team. I mean we've been, you know, we've been buzzing. We've been kind of going, going game by game and, you know, climbing up the table. Now we're in playoffs and, you know, naturally, like, I guess me with good service and me being up top, you know, I'm, I'm going to score some goals. So, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's more, it's more, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I kind of expect a lot of myself at the same time. Of course. I got a question for you. So when I played in the first Bundesliga versus second Bundesliga and, and you haven't experienced this yet, but I felt that, and, and when I watch the championship, I feel like it's such a harder league to play on play in because of the chaotic. The game's faster than in the Premier League, right? Like people are banging heads like I feel like. And so and that was the same with in the Bundesliga, like for where, wherever there was a lack in like maybe the last bit of skill, uh, the intensity and the physicality went up. So when I went down, I was like, dude, this is way harder. Like I never have any time on the ball. Like nobody wants the ball that I'm just I'm looking for channels and like you know, playing a completely different style of play. Whereas in the, in the, in the first league, like some teams just sat back and let you build up to the half line and have a little more flow and a rhythm to the game. Um, and it was completely different and the pitches were, were worse. And obviously from a resource standpoint, it was, it was completely different to play on. Do you, do you like looking at what you see, I guess, at the premier league level, do you feel that there is that same sort of challenge at, at the championship level? No, for sure. I, I actually like strongly feel that way, especially because when we because my first game when I came here actually we played Chelsea and it was at our and it was at our pitch and like our pitch a little bit worse than you know Stamford Bridge would be and um you know the ball was a, the ball was a little bit bouncier and stuff like that so like they're trying to swing around the back but like how our team plays is like constant pressure aggression everything and like we ended up losing that game but like we were Honestly, we could have deserved to win that game, like because they kind of couldn't really cope with the pressure. And I could definitely tell just from looking at them and from games I've played, like you have no time on the ball. Every time you get the ball, you know that everyone's going to be crowding you, swarming you direct. The defenders are all humongous. I I feel like everyone's six five giants. Every like on every single team, everyone has at least two six five players, and so that's kind of like one thing. But yeah, in terms of like maybe maybe like as you just said, you know where technique may lack like everyone's gonna work everyone's gonna be you know pressing so hard so i mean i think that's kind of that's 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 something i was i know picked up on immediately yeah i mean i I always look at i always look at like the epl for example and you think about you always think about this pretty style of football and, and man city and whatnot and you you fail to sometimes realize that when you're on the pitch, things happen a lot faster than, than it looks like <laughs> on TV, you know? The pressure on the ball is coming a lot faster. This guy is sprinting. It's not no FIFA stuff, you know? This, this guy is coming to, to, to crack you. So, uh, so no, that, that's, that's interesting. But, but I mean, you're, you can handle it, bro. Come on. Like, I, I, come on, bro. I didn't, I didn't raise you this way. Come on, man. You <laughs> <laughs> raised me. Hey, I got to say, Daryl, one thing that I got to take, I got to take a shot at Mark real quick. First of all, those, oh, six, no, foot five defender, those six foot five defenders would never, never win a header against me because I out jump them, out time them. They might out, out, out jump Mark. I love the confidence. But, I love the confidence. But I, I do want to say that. Bro, you've been in the press a lot lately, right? You've Bruh. been doing the rounds with your success, and it has taken Mark so long to get you on this pod. Like I, like, <laughs> it has taken him so long. 
that like I I was like a little bit like, man, is Mark losing some clout out there or what? Because you know, you were on like at least twenty different podcasts and 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 and, and networks and things like that. That I was just like, man, we're Listen, falling quick. If, it's you know? a hot take, man. This guy, this guy, the player of the month, March. Okay, you you don't just you don't just randomly just get this guy, you know, on on a spur of a moment. You got to you got to chip away at it. You know, you like a few pictures. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Like, you, comments, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then you work your way. You say, "Oh, okay." You know, I slide in the DM. Yo, congrats on the, you know, this. And then you send me a text. Yo, <laughs> yeah, that is a good. That's a good time. It's like it's like when you need. It's like when it's like your plug. You know, when you got the, exactly. the sneaker guy, you can't just go in and be like, "Yo, what's the deal with the new off whites?" You got to sort of be like, "Yo, how are your kids?" You know, you're making uh, it sound like you're like DMing like a girl you want to start talking to. Like that's what you make it sound. You know, like you start liking a few of her old pictures. Oh yeah. Comment, swipe yeah. up on one of her one of her stories. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I just you know, caught like, myself. I just caught myself. I gotta chill, bro. I'm giving away all my uh, secrets. Yeah, let me just, <laughs> sorry now, but my girlfriend's here. I'm not I'm playing games. I don't do that. Come on, man. I don't do that. <laughs> how's the how's how's the how's the locker room and like the music and the vibe in, in your in your locker rooms there versus uh in Orlando? So like it's just two completely different things because in Orlando a good like I feel like sixty percent of the team speaks Spanish, mm-hmm. and the other like half speaks um like Portuguese. Like everyone speaks Spanish or Portuguese. So you step in the locker room, it's just like J Balvin. Yeah, now literally, it's just yeah, literally, literally stuff like that. Everyone dancing stuff like that. So it's just if I actually were to understand any of the any of the lyrics from the songs, then like I would be surprised. But here, I think they play you know they play like some drill, like English drill kind of stuff like that. Which I, I kind of enjoy. I mean, I enjoy both. Um, but yeah, they play like more English drill. There might be some, you know, like house music or like EDM music in the locker room. It's kind of like a kind of like a different vibe for sure. But I think uh, no, I, I mean, I enjoy both. Not many people you, dancing. Have you uh, <laughs> have you done any? Have you helped on the ox or anything? You done any music on the? the nah, on I the mean, ox? like. A, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I'll toss on some gunner or something like that. You know, I, I play some play some Drake, some gunner. You know, come on, man. You know, give him a little culture. You know, give me, I was about to say, give him. <laughs> no, literally, you know, they, they, every once in a while they'll ask me and they'll be like, "Yo, Daryl, like, I always see because I because I, I mean, I like my headphones, you know. So like sometimes before game, I'm listening to my own thing. So like, like, hey, yo, like I always see you bumping before game. Like, let me let me let me let me hear what you what you vibing yeah, with. You know, connect <laughs> me, don't plug me, plug me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know. I, I'd be, I'd be tossing them some some music recommendations sometimes, you know. <laughs> I like that. music plug. Dane Murphy's there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I played with Dane in like the youthest of youthest national teams back in the day, and then oh, obviously U seven days. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we were in we were in like I think a U eighteen because I think he's an eighty. 85 you dinosaur days that's what yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> but, but they did a, this mixed group i think we played in like the milk cup together or something like that um, but i've known him through the years because he was he was living in new york when after i retired and he was there too doing stuff with you know different teams before he went to salt lake have you had any interaction with him since you've been there has has you know he, he just skipped a bunch of steps and then became a ceo of a big club um and like i keep in touch with him on on whatsapp and you can't comment on this because like you know you're you're in the world still He's got this uh, trench coat and his WhatsApp picture with like his collar up. And I was like, oh, this guy's become so British overnight. You know, he's got his collar up in the shot. And it's like one of those shots that you see like LinkedIn or anytime you get hit up by somebody that's like claims to be <laughs> or something, it's, like, the, collar, the collar's up and they're staring off into the distance as if they're like scouting some player. <laughs> arms no, arms no, no, folded. No. Yeah, yeah. I squinted, sun in the background. No, it's, fu- it's funny you actually say that because like when – 
So he actually is, he went to UVA as well. So like I went to UVA. So like we automatically just kind of had like a little connection there. So when I first came here, he was like, I met him, his fiance, his like fiance is actually from Oklahoma as well, which is where I'm from. So that was just kind of crazy connection there. And no, like him and I talked, it's funny you said that because he was wearing like a, I remember he's still wearing a huge like brown trench coat, you know, literally exactly (laughs) as you described. And when I met him, you know, and he, he's cool. And I, I enjoy him. We've had some conversations as well. Talked about, you know, difference between, you know, states and here. And obviously he was like a big reason that like why I'm even here. So no, it was, it was great to meet him. He's a chill guy as well. That's cool. Would you say Oklahoma is like the York of the U.S.? No, 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 no. Oklahoma, I actually, I actually like. Oklahoma. No, Oklahoma's a spot though. Like, like, okay, here's the thing: people like to disrespect Oklahoma sometimes because they don't really like, they ain't really from it. But like, it's still like the spot. Like, if you actually been there, like, people think it's just like farms and fields, but like, it's just not. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing about like just generally speaking about a lot of these places in the U S we have a lot of attractive places to live in the U S a lot in every state. There are multiple cities that are really, that are far better than 99% of European cities, like far better. And, (laughs) and and not because of like the, the language or cultural differences or whatever. It's because like you go to a small town in Europe, bro, you are alone. Yeah. Like you, you are like people, like we've talked about it on the pod before when I think it was Pires that talked about Philadelphia saying like, I wouldn't move my family there or whatever. And people like, are you kidding? Like that's like, there's like a couple million people there. Everything you could ever ask for, award-winning yeah. restaurants, award-winning entertainment, just like every other state has that kind of stuff. And we're, yeah. and, you know, people don't realize that like you go and play in certain, in, in any country in, in Europe and you go outside the main cities, like you're, it's, it's different, you know, it's no, different. Bro. Yeah. Um, like even here, some of the guys on the team have been like dog, like, I mean, like I haven't been able to see anything, but they're like, yeah, go to you can go to Leeds, you can go to Manchester and London. Aside from that, like you don't really need to go anywhere else. That's what it was like leaving uh, when, we, when I flew out of Brussels. When I came back or when I landed, literally, you leave the airport and you just start to see the city, like all kind of like city life start to dwindle, and you start seeing more horses, more sheep, more rams, <laughs> more. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, where am I going, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, arriving, uh, when I, you know, I was in, I, I was at university of Portland when I arrived in, in, in Copenhagen, the first day came in January, mid midway through the season and there was snow everywhere on the ground. And I just remember getting in a, in a taxi heading out of town and I was like, okay, look at the city, like all these big buildings and all this stuff. And the, the, the club was in the suburbs and the hotel I was at for the first six months was in the suburbs. And like, it went from bigger to smaller, to smaller, <laughs> to smaller, to being like, you know, the people convinced me like, yeah, it's just a 15 minute walk to the train and then a 40 minute train into the city. It's easy, bro. You'll love it. And I was like, this is so far from everything. I got no, like I had no car at the, when I first got there. And I was like, yeah, this feels really far from home. I think that's so different, though, because like in Orlando, for example, if we ever wanted to go anywhere, I feel like it was a minimum of like 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Or even like to play like say we wanted to we were playing like Miami or Atlanta, yeah. like. Miami minimum three hours, but here, like the farthest place you're going is three hours. Like from Barnsley to go to London, three hours, and every club, like you don't realize how huge the United States is until you actually go somewhere else. And that's right. something I'm just like, bro, what? Do you guys travel by trains a lot, or is it mostly by bus everywhere? No, nah, we have a bus. We have a bus that we take. I guess it's kind of pandemic area. You're not going to travel travel yeah. by trains. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like that's that's the convenience of like you know being in a. Do you, do you guys stay at home on 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 home days, or you stay in hotels? No, nah, we stay. We all stay in our like own apartment, own apartments, flats, houses, yeah. wherever we are. 
Do you travel uh, for away games? Are you staying in hotels away or are you usually day of travel? It depends how far the, the game is. So like when we play like QPR or like Brentford or like some places that are like towards London. Yeah. But like, for example, we just played Coventry and then it's literally not very far. Tomorrow we play Huddersfield and they're like 30 minutes, not even away. So we'll just drive the same day. Mark, you did a, you did a home game in a hotel, right? Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. A, I think it was the the cup quarterfinals against uh, Mechelen. Yeah, we went to the hotel the night before the game, and the whole Daryl. I'm telling you right now, the mm. hotel is literally a two minute walk from my apartment. So you can I throw get, a rock at it, bruh, bruh. I get in my car, drive to the stadium in the morning, train. We get on the bus and we drive past my apartment. It's it is when I was in same thing when I was in in Germany for all home games. Actually, my roommate was. Daryl, tell me if you know this name, Victor Agali. No, no, bro. He was a he was a, he was a Nigerian national team legend at Schalke back in the day. This guy was a boss, and he was my roommate. But he was like six foot seven striker, and mm. we were in these small like countryside hotel outside of our 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 city. And he used to take up all the space in there. <laughs> and and every every morning on on match day, we'd listen to gospel music for like two hours, just chilling. Uh, but I remember. <laughs> I remember we'd, we'd, we'd go train in the afternoon day before a game and then we'd like leave our cars at the stadium, go stay at this hotel that was just so boring. And like, I would just be stuck with my thoughts. Like the TV didn't have anything to watch and you'd have to have like, you know, be on the internet or something. And again, this was 2000, 2007. So you had access to everything, but it's not like it is now, right? Like I yeah. couldn't spend a day on, on Instagram, just burning time. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. then, but yeah, it was just, it was just, I remember it being like, man, I think I would play better if I slept in my own bed and just had my morning to everything was like programmed, right? Like morning breakfast in this window, then team walk and all these things. And I remember just being like a lot of kids grow up in that, right? In Europe, kids yeah. grow up in that culture mm -hmm. of, of like going off to training camps for like a month in the middle of nowhere and training like that. I, just for me, it was a really big struggle. Yeah, no, it's weird because for me, like even, even when we were in Orlando, like I didn't really... Like, I, I like to stay in my apartment, but some of the older guys, like Pedro Gaese, our goalkeeper, Nani, like what they do, they also have families. And so maybe they wanted to get away from, you know, crying kids and stuff like that and wives. But they, they you know, they would stay in hotels like the night before a game and stuff like that. And I was just like, I could never. If I have the chance to stay in my own apartment, I'm staying there. 100%. 100%. I, I've ch I cherish that now even more. So. <laughs> I cherish that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would say I would probably feel differently if I had a fam. Like if I had like I got yeah. three kids now, I'm like bro, put me in a hotel. <laughs> um, like why are we training? In, like let's ch let's check in before training. You know, let's go to the hotel. Like I, I would literally think completely differently. And a lot of those guys, a lot of especially Brazilians, some of the Latin American players have have young families, right? They they have families at, at a younger age, so I can get them being like, yo, I need to check in to a hotel and just get make sure I get a good night's sleep. All the things that you need. Uh, that right. you take for granted when you're a, a, a single guy or you don't have any kids uh, yeah. at home. I, I, I can I can see the perspective on that. No, for sure. For sure. What was the most appealing about uh, Alone to Barnsley for you? I mean, I remember just before the, the loan, um, I remember you came on late in a national team game and you were hungry for a goal, bro. Like mm -hmm. you were getting the ball in the box, just mm -hmm. looking for those chances and that aggressive nature that when when they announced the the loan, I was like, oh, this makes sense. This guy, like, it's it's the right kind of place, I think, for you to prove yourself and, and a na natural, nice step of, like, you know, uh, chaos in a box of just getting your goals and going after people. Um, sort of what dictated your decision to, to go there? 
So like before, you know, I've always kind of told myself I want to be playing in like, you know, the, the top leagues. I want to be playing as a top con- competition and playing with the top players. And growing up, you know, English football, you know, you, you turn on Saturday, you're always going to see like, you know, a Premier League game, you know, there's going to be championship games, you know, you, you see all these teams. And for, for me, it was just kind of like another opportunity to kind of expose myself to and get a little taste of something that I, you know, want to wear out, like where I would like to be at, like somewhere in the future. And I think for me, it was also an opportunity to kind of grow as a player, to learn, to learn things that are different from the MLS. Cause I mean, obviously that's kind of all I've been you know exposed to and in terms of timing as well. Cause I mean, the MLS was in, you know, off season where you're in off season. So I wasn't going to be missing any time. I could come over here and help the team and, you know, help myself as well. So I thought it was good. And then in terms of, you know, how I said in terms of game style, like, I'm a bigger guy. I, I recognize that. And this is obviously a very, very physical league. And so I think that it was a, it's a decision that I could use to, you know, kind of help me. I think it, the league kind of suits me a little bit as well. So no, nah, it's, it's a good, a good decision for me and helped me has, has helped me grow. And I think it'll continue to help me, you know, grow. I remember when, when my, my transfer was happening, I was so, I was a little concerned uh, about the, the whole situation with COVID not knowing when the season was going to start back up, you know, for, for the MLS. And I got to a point in, in negotiations like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to go over the line? And what does it look like? You know, is this going to now, is MLS not going to play in the first half of the year? Are we going to go back into the bubble in July? Um, you know, are we going to, you know, all these all these different thoughts, you know, all these thoughts about, about if I go, you know, I need to go now, I need to go now. Did you ever get to a point where it was like in this whole situation and the loan process of, of saying like, oh, no, I want to go because, you know, something in the back of my head is, is kind of pushing me to or is it just like ah, if it happens, it happens and I'm not stressing it too much. Nah, bro. So like funny story, actually, like I didn't actually know about the loan until like two days before the game. And then I had heard that to for me to actually for the loan to happen and like get my visa and everything worked out like I have to play in that national team game. So I literally, so like literally I just told myself, I was like, okay, I'm not going to focus on, I'm going to focus on national team camp. You know, I've been here for a month. I've been working for this. You know, I, you know, it was cause it was my first cap as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. I was like, I've been working so hard for this. I'm, I'm focused on this all in. And then like after the game, you know, obviously I was super excited, super psyched about that. And then, uh, you know, I talked to my agent, talked to my family and we were like, yo, this is a, you know, this is a great opportunity. You're not going to, and then you're not going to miss because I mean, I'm old, yeah. in terms of like MLS, like I'm not missing very many games and stuff like that. So, you know, I would still be able to be match fit, be able to, you know, during this offseason, play games and expose myself and, you know, develop as a player rather than being an offseason. Not saying it's not yeah, you yeah. know helpful to be an offseason, but I mean, like, I'd rather not be running around cones. <laughs> I'd rather be playing, <laughs> playing a game as well. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so, so there, there, there was that thought press. And then, as you said, uh, you know, the league getting pushed back, we didn't know when we were going to start. We knew it was going to be, you know, April or May, you know, we didn't know when it was going to start. So it was just a, you know, great opportunity for me and every, all the pieces were kind of aligned for me. I like that. I like that. It, I mean, Let's let's shift the topics. I mean, we can we can jump over this if we don't want to touch it. Does it does it, do either of you want to touch on the Super League? Uh, no, yeah, I want to touch. No, no, no. I was gonna. I'll was talk gonna about it. it. I was gonna bring no, it up. Worry, I'll, okay, I'll talk about it, bro. Yeah, yeah. The, the Super League. What what what? Uh, we'll start with you, Daryl. What what's what's your thoughts? Your 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 take on it? Kind of where do you stand with everything, bro? I've I've, I've actually just been talking to my friends. You know, seeing all the things, and I've been just getting uh, just furious. In all honesty just from like multiple from multiple reasons and like the first reason in terms of you know people always talk about social media you know like you know game created by the poor you know for the rich and stuff like that and i think 
in terms of like when you see the Super League, right? I'm not like we under we understand. I'm not I'm not dumb in the fact that like I understand that these top teams are the teams you know probably bringing in majority of the re- revenue for like the Premier League. You know, most people are supporting these clubs. Most people are looking at these top clubs, and that's kind of what draws in lots of money for the Premier League. And they feel that they are you know kind of losing money to you know a lot of these smaller clubs. And I think although that may be true, I think in terms of how how much like how how you see how things can you know kind of change and even the fact like you see arsenal like arsenal's 10th right now there's in terms of like the super league out of the six teams only two of them are actually in the top four right now which i think in terms if you're a super league team you have to have like on like undoubted just dominance like i think you for you to be able to have the right to say that you are going to be in a league you'll never be kicked out of this league like you're a great for you to be a super team like you should like Put your stamp on like whatever league that you're playing in that I will always be here. Arsenal's been like eighth and tenth and stuff like that in recent years. Tottenham hasn't won any won the league in I don't know how many years. AC Milan hasn't even been in Champions League for like multiple years. And so like when I see that and how I'm not gonna I feel like it's almost selfish because it's like they're putting themselves in this league and kind of taking out the com- the competitive nature of the sport while kind of leaving all these other teams in the dust who kind of need them to survive. Like, obviously I understand everybody kind of like, you know, you want to help yourself, but like a lot of these football fans, a lot of these other clubs, they need, they need these kind of club, these huge clubs to survive. And I think it's just kind of very selfish from, from, from my standpoint. Yeah. I mean, to add on to that, I mean, you think like, like Daryl said, you, you look at the revenue that in a match where, where a, a, a team battling relegation plays in Man City, and is able to come out on top. You know how much how much excitement that creates. You know in the city itself, and in 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 just watching that game simply because Man City's playing right. And you take that away now, and you talk about shifting everything. Like it's it's not going to be a seamless transition next year. Like I, I don't know what people expect. The other thing about it is the whole thing where, where, where players and I mind you, I just found out I was just reading into the the whole Super League commotion uh, yesterday. But the fact that players aren't going to be able to play with the national team. You know, and, and when you when you think about how much the national team means to, to 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 these players, especially even in top clubs, yeah, you can throw all the money out, but at the end of the day, if you're playing for your national team and you have a World Cup potential on the line to play for your country, you know, to to go down as a a, a, a hero, you know, in your country, how many players, you know, I think it, it really it, it'll show the integrity of the players, you know, ultimately uh, as to who really wants to play football and who's in it for the right reasons. Of course, financially, you always want to set yourself, your family up, you know, to be in the best situation possible. But at the same time, that is a tremendous opportunity and, and, and privilege, you know, that, that now you take away some of the biggest names and, and it's like, whoa, you know, you, for example, you take away a, a captain of the, or a national team. You take away what's a World Cup without a Messi or Ronaldo, right? And you think about that. And although it's their last one, but these are t- generational talents that that potentially won't be able to you take away okay yeah think about if psg and Bayern threw in their guys like these are all guys who are mainstays or or big portion big parts of their national team setups that is you know a big a big hit for me you know in my eyes in terms of just the game in general so yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of it at all um but look if they want to go through with it i'll play in the champions league next year it's fine don't it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because there's, 
you know, it's like somebody going to you and saying, hey, I can guarantee you 20% returns for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Just put your money here and I'll guarantee you this for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. regardless of performance, right? Mm-hmm. And again, you talk about Arsenal, you talk about Spurs, like their financial fluctuations are crazy every year. And now somebody's coming to them saying, hey, I'll guarantee you, regardless of result, this type of thing, you know, uh, like this this safe return. And I think that it's taking the 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 risk and the sport out of sports, right? This right. idea, this, you know, Leicester City story, these types of things that are like, you know, you make bad decisions at a club, you hire the wrong people, you 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 sign the wrong players, mm-hmm. you you have the wrong coach or you have the wrong front office or back office or whatever, it has an impact, right? And that then trickles down to the fans and the fans then want a certain product for them to spend money, their their hard-earned money to support a club. Like there is an e- economics in there that is going away if if you are guaranteed something uh, for the whatever twelve clubs it is, I think it just it just changes things. And like I'm I'm I probably lean towards the target demographic of who the Super League wants as a fan, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm I'm not a domestic fan, so what what is it to me going to a stadium on match day? I tend to want to watch the best soccer possible that I can find. So every weekend I look for like who who should I be watching this weekend, right? Is it like PSG playing Lille? Is it is it Man City playing Liverpool? Is it is it uh, you know Bayern playing Leipzig, uh, you know, type of thing or Dortmund Leipzig? I, I'm always looking for the bigger games, but I kind of enjoy the domestic aspect of what each of those mean in their domestic mm-hmm. leagues and and the mm-hmm. rarity of those and like the spoiled nature of yeah, globalization has spoiled me with the ability to watch these big games domestically and it doesn't need to be fixated in this thing that actually doesn't have any consequence. Like all these have a consequence, right? Like like Leipzig draws against Hoffenheim over the weekend and now they're seven points behind Bayern in the title. Like all mm-hmm. that stuff are like running themes that I love. Um yeah. and the consequences of that and the fact that like we now have all of you guys playing abroad that now gives me more ties to the game as an American. Um, I don't know. It just, it just seems, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. And I think not to say that the game shouldn't evolve and grow and all these types of things, but like, you know, I don't, I don't see why all these teams, especially allowing in the AC Milan's who haven't been in champions mm-hmm. league. And, and, you know, it's just like, again, it's like a hedge fund uh, of like trying to <laughs> ensure that regardless of what happens in the future, that these teams are secured. And so I, from the business standpoint, you go, okay, mm-hmm. that it's just the product to them, right? It's not the game. It's not soccer. It's, it's, it's a product. Uh, yeah. and so their perspective is very clear, but for everyone else in the world, you know, they're starting to value an international fan. And for me in LA, the same as they do somebody who goes to a game every week and say, Oh, that person's just as valuable if I can get them involved. So let's focus on the global fan and not on the domestic fan. It's just, there's so many things wrong with it that, that just like, you know, um, it just doesn't feel not to say anything's pure anymore, but it just doesn't right. feel feel right. You know, it's like a food yeah. chain. I call it a food chain to somebody where you take away the top predators in the food chain and then you see how much of an effect it has on the rest of the, you know, the, the you know, the rest of the species in that in that pyramid, you know, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that's well, I, that's well said on the on the food chain thing. Just I watched this documentary recently that was about this food chain on a farm mm-hmm. and it talked about how like you know, every time they got rid of like a rodent because it was eating the apples from the tree, then these other things didn't come because of the rodents, uh, you right. get rid of the rodents, you lose this next thing and the next thing doesn't come. And they're trying to, they were trying to build this perfect farm in the middle of nowhere. Right. Right. And 
they learned through all this time that you needed all of this good and bad. They're like, well, you need to get rid of the foxes because the foxes are eating all of your chickens. And they're like, well, to get rid of the if you get rid of the foxes, then yeah, then then yeah, these yeah. things don't. It's like this random random thing of like it's the domino effect. effect. Yeah, it's it, it was really wild to see it in a, in a documentary. It's called like the biggest little farm or something like that. It's it's a really interesting documentary just on like the ecosystem of, of balance and and the necessity of like the kind of the good and the, the good with the bad, dark with the light, sort of mm-hmm. like the balance of, of everything was really interesting. And that's a really good uh contextual way to put it. Well done, Mark. Man, you're some I don't I don't care. I don't well care. Well I don't care. I don't care what Daryl you. You're you're a smart guy. Listen, man, man I'm about to talk, I'm about to turn off the mic and leave this freaking thing. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm say, drop the mic. That's a that's a mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daryl, what was it like growing up in Oklahoma? What was the youth soccer experience for you? For me, for me, it's just different because, you know, I've always kind of had these huge aspirations of, you know, playing for like the national team, playing in these big leagues. And, you know, you look at like, like Mark, like you don't even know this, but like before I even knew who you were, like I knew who you were, you know, <laughs> like I from a young age, like I, you know, you look at these kids who are, you know, playing all these youth national teams and all these stuff. And you look at all those kids and they're all they're all like academy players you know you see fc dallas academy la galaxy philadelphia union this and that and there's no academy in oklahoma the closest thing i would have is an fc dallas which is like four hours away from four hours five hours away from where i was and you know for me i always kind of thought and i was like wow like how can i be able to you know play with the national team sign a homegrown play professional soccer and stuff like that even though I'm not, you know, I'm one of these academies and, you know, will I be able to be that good if I'm not playing in the DAs and stuff like that? So like, that's kind of something that I, from, from like playing in Oklahoma, I always kind of had that big mental battle. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'm going to have to push myself. I'm going to have to keep working. You know, my path is going to be a little bit different than these guys. And I, you know, even going into the UVA, you know, you still think about it. You look at some other guys who, you know, you see people signing homegrowns are 18 and stuff like that. And you see people coming out of college and they're like 22 and you're like, Oh goodness, is it, am I too late? Am, am I too late to, you know, become a professional and stuff like that and things like that. So no, but in terms of playing in Oklahoma, like it was, it was a good experience for me. Cause I mean, I got to train with the USL team. I got to play, play with play and, you know, some top coaches and stuff like that. And then having my brother around to coach me as well it was a, it was a good experience for me. Were there, were there any like options prior to prior to going to UVA? Was it in terms of like MLS academies or anything like that, or was it for you like Nah, I'm good where I'm at. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep grinding. You know, my opportunity is gonna avail itself at some point. Yeah, no, for me, like the main thing. So like when I was younger, this the academies like FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas, Houston, like they they came and they like tried to you know get me to come play with the academies before. I think it must've been like 16, 15. I don't know how old I was, but my mom, my parents are like huge into education, like big, big, big into education. My brother went to Notre Dame siblings doing their things. And um, basically they were like, yeah, if you go to like one of these academies, you might not be put in a, in a as good a school as you are now. Because me, because like me now, like when in Oklahoma, you know, I was in like one of the top schools in Oklahoma, you know, a really, really good education system. And they thought that if I went to like one of these academies, education wouldn't be a big focus of mine anymore. And I kind of wanted to keep that peace for me. So that's kind of why I stayed where I was and, you know, trained with the USL team there and, you know, tr- played a few years up or something like that. And then ended up going to college as well. Nice. And, and you know, soccer runs in your family. I know you, you just mentioned education being important to your parents. Uh, you know, 
how is it that you guys have had so much success on on the soccer side or on the soccer front with with your sister and your brother um, playing with the national team, sister in the World Cup, and, and and now yourself? Like, how, what what uh, what what is it that what's the special sauce, man? No, I think uh, I think for us, it's kind of like what our what our parents kind of grew us up on. Because my parents, when they came here, like they didn't have what came to the states, like they didn't have very much, you know. And from from a young age, I know my brother, you know, you're able to see them how hard they kind of push themselves and how hard they work to you know supply for us, but also you know provide for themselves. And I think that kind of you know work mentality has kind of been in you know my been in my family's kind of genes, I guess, from a young age and. For for me, for me, just importantly, like I I, I realize that I'm a like a, a naturally you know maybe athletically gifted you know in terms of size you know stuff like that, and I I've always kind of you know tried to work on other things aspects of my game you know technique tweak my brain and other things like that and that takes work you know that takes a lot of time and I think from you know having a lot of role models having people like my brother like my sister like my parents who have been around me to kind of push me and to, you know, achieve those goals. That's kind of how I think the whole family has kind of been gelled together to just kind of keep pushing, keep working, kind of like relentless attitude to kind of get what you want. And I think that's, that's kind of like why we're all where we are and we're all doing pretty well for ourselves. You have any battle, like battle stories from, from any rivalries in the house? Because I know, I know even in, in my house, it was a, uh, my sister's a dancer, so I, I got to make sure I show up at least once or twice a month. You know, uh, I got to make sure she knows I got the fit, I got the feet. You know, so but I know nah, for bro. you, for you, you get you got some some ballers. So so, so somebody's got to come on, you know, come out on the top of the hill. Nah, bro. So like when we were younger, because my brother's old, way older than me. So like before, like I was even like able to do anything really good. He was just way too, way better than I was. <laughs> so, you know, like just destroying me. So like in terms of like other things though, like my family just loves playing video games, like any Mario game and stuff like that. Like we all played that huge competition every single time. Everybody loves card games. Sometimes we'll even put in some money and, you know, <laughs> I'll take all their money and stuff like that. Play FIFA. Bright used to smack me at FIFA all the time. Now, like I played so so much more FIFA, and I smack him all the time. I play him, but <laughs> but now in terms of competitions, those are like the main things. And then, like of course, on the soccer aspect, yeah. you know, my sisters had records at high school. My brother had records and stuff like that. And I've kind of pushed myself. And I'm like, all right, I'm a I'm a beat your records. Like that's my that's my goal. Did you guys so. play any other? Did you guys play any other sports in 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 your house in terms of you know other sports? Whether it's just like general school sports or anything like that yeah well like when i was younger i played basketball for like two years i was terrible just really good at defense that's about it couldn't <laughs> shoot couldn't do anything i was useless other than that but we all ran track so like doing whether do long jump high jump sprints all of us did sprints there's nothing anything over 400 there's no chance we were running that but yeah no we all ran track so that's kind of like the main thing because even in football couldn't play football like American football. Listen, man, I would have I would have fit in well in your family. I don't know if Mark would because I don't know if he can do the long jump, high jump. Those are all like, <laughs> that's, that's all that fast twitch stuff that oh, I got. You know, twitch. like yes, that's yeah, quite you know, that's all that's all short sprints. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. high jump, long jump, all those things that were just like the pure uh, athletic test. You Any, know? Anything Mark's more of that. Yeah. Mark's more of that, like, uh, I'll race you in a 400, 800 type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Listen, also, hey, don't disrespect. Listen, defense is important in basketball, right? Tony Allen. Tony Allen. You know, this guy is a legend, you know? So, so, yeah, don't disrespect. You, you, You had a role, all right? You had a role. You couldn't shoot, but you could play defense. 
Yeah, I knew I knew my role. I knew my role. I was gonna go out there play some play some solid defense the entire the entire game. Exactly. That's the key. It's the key, man. If you don't get no points, then you can't win, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, also you know, this, man, he, this man Heath talks. I just want you to know this whole prereq thing about Heath with the fast twitch, he always says that he can run faster than me, jump higher, blah, 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 blah. And we're still oh, looking for sub, we're still looking for I'm evidence. A sub, I'm a sub eleven second hundred meter. Here we go. Like since like, you know, like I'm a sub eleven uh, eleven second. Like that, well documented. I mean, I still, I used to still get beat by the yeah, in my neighborhood. <laughs> like, I was still eleven second, dude. I was, I was eleven two in like eighth, ninth grade. I was flying. You know what I mean? Mm. What's a you have a plaque of it, in, plaque of it in your room. So in Orlando, was there is, has there been anybody that that you've connected with as like a mentor or 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 somebody like that? Like Mark, obviously had. Mo Mo Adu, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty early on, yeah, yeah. Mark. Mo. Uh, was there was there any? Is, has there been anyone for you so far that's been like, oh, like whether not necessarily that you seek out advice from, but somebody that's just been like, oh, okay, this person's been through this before and and is giving me just good advice, even even if it's not asked for. In Orlando or here in Barnsley? Uh, I mean, either one, but probably uh, I guess Orlando. In Orlando, was, I mean, it was it was Nani and Dom Dom Dwyer. Oh. So like Dom, like when I first got there, immediately kind of took me under his wing. Uh, it was really unfortunate because he ended up and he ended up getting injured. So I didn't actually have to have him around like throughout the entire year, but no, he immediately kind of took me under his wing and was like, okay, I see your potential. And the one thing with Dom actually, cause I, you know, you pro- probably might not be able to see this, but like, you know, in terms of, uh, the mental battles that I kind of have with myself when I'm playing, you know, I think that's kind of a big piece that people don't really see in terms of players, in terms of like how big, you know, your mentality in games can be or even just training in everyday life. And I think Dom did a very good job of kind of helping me with that. And he, he, he's still someone that, I mean, you can look at my phone, like he's still someone like that will message me and stuff like that about, you know, technique, you know, how to stay calm, you know, having a good mindset. And then of course, Nadia as well, you know, with his experience and all the things he's done, he's always pulled me aside and been like, you know, I know, you know, I know what it takes to be at the top level. And I know that, you know, you can fix this, this, and this, and you can be, you know, the top player. And, you know, after training, he would, you know, stay aside and, you know, help me. He was almost like another assistant coach just for me. So it's great to have, you know, players like him as well, that, you know, growing up into my first professional season. How's his English? How's his English? His English is great. He speaks like 17 different languages. It's funny. It's funny because like there's some stuff that like, just doesn't sound right, but you can tell what he'll say, what he's trying to say. Like, for example, like, I don't know, like if the TV's on, he'll be like, close the TV. And it's like, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's just not how it's supposed to work. But no, like he, he, he has, he speaks good English. He speaks like French, English, Portuguese, Spanish, like tons of things. Let me ask you this. This is a bit weird. I can't, I can't, if you talk to Nani again, I can't get him to follow me back on Instagram. <laughs> But he added me on LinkedIn, which I find <laughs> really weird. Uh, like, I don't know what kind of business we're going to get into on LinkedIn, but, you know, would you just let him know that my preferred platform of communication would be just in the DMs on, on Instagram? <laughs> hang on, hang on. I just want to ask about national team. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, we shared a camp together, you know? We shared a camp together. Yeah, for sure. Big deal. But uh, How's it been like with with working with the national team? Because I know it's like for me, my big it was a big adjustment because because I came from Philly where we played a certain style, and then coming to the national team setup. What was what was it yeah. like coming into your first camps, and and then like how did you kind of deal with adjusting to Greg's style of play? Because it's not always easy, you know, adjusting how he wants to play and and absorbing all the information that he puts out and everything like that. You know, how did you kind of cope with that 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 transition? 
Yeah, no, for me, like it was all, it was kind of uh, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie, like it was pretty frustrating because I think, uh, you know, I went to Orlando, I learned a style of play kind of ingrained, like, okay, this is how mm-hmm. I'm going to play, blah, 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 this is how I move. And then I went to the national team. And it was kind of like my first jump in the fact that Greg's like, okay, no, we do this here. Like, this is how we're going to play and stuff like that. And me just thinking like, oh, wow, this is really different. And, you know, it took a little bit of time. It took a little bit of adjusting to kind of, you know, learn. But, you know, like he helped me, you know, obviously, you know, Josie, Josie, the second mm-hmm. cap helped me. The other strikers there, you know, all the coaches, Nico and all the assistant coaches, you know, they, they did a good job at kind of making sure that in the short period of time that we were together, they, you know, they made sure that like, I kind of understood my role. I understood, you know, what to do here, what to do there. Um, this is a strength of mine that they, I could use this in, in our setup and stuff like that. But no, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty difficult. And, and I kind of had to, I kind of had to sit aside and be like, okay, you know, accept that this is going to be difficult. How am I going to cope with this? How am I going to learn? How am I going to, you know, show that I can impact, make an impact in this system, in this different system. You know, one of the things that I feel, and it's getting better now, right, with with academies and everything like that, that like growing up, um, and, and we've talked about this a lot, like when, when I first got to to Europe, not only was there another player in my position, but there was always like a 17, 18 year old coming in. And I remember seeing them because I'd only played left, 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 left back um, for like a year before, like maybe six months before I had moved to Europe. Right. And I remember just playing against young players that had understood formations better than me, understood like the impact of formations, right. You growing up, we just play, you just put out a team. Um, (laughs) Whereas like there's an educational system in other parts of the world where you're actually learning the game and learning why you would play in a three back versus a, a four back and, and the roles and responsibilities of movements of players. And, also on the ball of like, okay, if you're a single striker in a system versus a two striker, where is, where are your options, right? Where mm-hmm. do you where do you spin out? Or if you're pressing, where where is the ball? Like understanding, like it took me a long time to understand that, like, okay, the first person pressing, and this is Bob Bradley's theory in the national team with us was like the first person was just meant to put the get the guy to put his head down. Yeah, you know? you're not meant to go there and overcommit, and then they just solve beat you on the press and go out the other side. You're meant to just put pressure on them, make them put their head down, and make decisions, and then everything else around them is supposed to now now collapse on that or or make the game predictable. And those are the types of things that I feel like a lot of the world learns at a much younger age. Uh, that I think we are still behind on in the U.S. and it's getting better, right? Because now we're having all these professional environments where kids are there from 12 to whatever. They're learning a sporting philosophy. They're learning all these types of things that you know. I didn't have growing up. I didn't understand. And part of that's probably on me, but also just the times of, of, like you said, having to be in these constant out of like, kind of out of your comfort zone experiences where you have to learn a new thing like you do in school, right? Where it's like, Oh, this is a new concept. It's a new idea. I've got to figure out how me as, as, as a learner, and I learn differently than you and you learn differently than Mark, how I'm going to apply this and learn this and make this, uh, beneficial to me in my career. Yeah, no. And that's, a, I think that's something that you you see nowadays. Cause I mean, I, I sometimes, cause you have, have you seen any, any of the things that Eddie Johnson does yeah. like with like the kids and stuff? Like some of the times I see him, I'm like, wow, like, yeah, I could not do that or understand that, you know, that style of play when I was younger. And I think like with people like him, with like all the staff and, you know, new resources that players have, you see there's so many there's so many like kids who are, you know, getting exposed to that at a younger age and being able to adjust to that at a younger age. And then when they come into these professional environment environments, you know, they're more prepared, they're more ready to kind of be able to play in these systems. 
100 percent. i think that was that was one of the biggest things i took away because my first camp with greg was in uh in january so i spent a month with this guy you know and the first week week and a half was just a grind because i was screwing up on drills i was pissed off at myself because i wasn't adapting as fast as i wanted to i wasn't applying stuff the way i wanted to i wasn't playing my game i was second guessing this that and the other and then finally the third week it kind of all came together like end of the second week beginning of third week all kind of came together and i was like all right this is what I want to do. And and I look to, to where, you know, I'm here in, in gank now, but the style of play, how it differs in Philly, you know, it was like, all right, you know, we're trying to build out, but there's not enough movement. So we're going to chip into the channel. Let Sergio run onto it. We'll play off a seconds, this, that, and the other. And here, bro, we play out of everything. Bro, we play out of the 18. We play out of 3v2s. All right, we're building up the goalkeepers at the top of the D. Okay, he's our outlet. We're going to pull pull uh, this guy here. And it's like this whole, this whole process and understanding that now, and how some of these academy players have already been adept to this. You know, they were like, yeah, we, we, we process this 3-5-2, but we also know how to switch it to 4-4-2 and the 4-3-3, and then we switch to the diamond, and then we change with two two holding midfielders, move our 10 up to... Right, I'm talking to them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, bet. You're like, I'm in this last year. Yeah. Say, say, say that again? Yeah, you're like, hold on, hold on. Say that again? Hang on, uh, hang on. Let, let me get out my phone and write this down real quick. Say that. <laughs> you might send, send, send me to me a voice recording, you know, let me. Uh... <laughs> it's so funny because, right, you watch, you watch Hard Knocks and these things where it's like, they're in preseason all day, right? From like 6 a.m. to like 6 p.m. or even later sometimes. They're like the longest days. And... They have their playbooks with them and they have all these things, but it's not a fluid sport, right? It's a play sport. And, and soccer is so different because generally everything happens differently, right? If a guy presses you straight on versus to the left, to the right, it changes what the solutions and options are. And so there's never really the same moments, but I remember just seeing a young guy get the ball and be like, oh, oh, he's under pressure. And I think like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm 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 dropping this behind the back line because I'm under pressure in that situation. And he knows drag it back to his right foot. Where's the solution on pla- playing the ball with his right foot out? And I was like, oh man, I never seen that before. How did, how, did, how did he do that? Right. So the the culture in the U.S. of like of like playing the win constantly. Your first instinct, especially as a defender, is like not to make the mistake yeah. as opposed to like playing the game the right way, learning from mistakes and learning what the solutions are. Culturally, that's shifting too, I think, towards the future. But like there was just that always winning mentality of like, yeah, just dump it. Like I remember in college, it'd be like, yeah, you can't score from the parking lot. So like if you need to just hit the ball as far as you could in college and like, you know, like, I mean, you can't get scored on from the parking lot. Yeah, so yeah, if it's yeah. last minutes, like hit it out of bounds, they got to go get the ball, throw it back in and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, of thinking like that was a solution to problems when really it was like, you know, playing the game, that was playing the win versus playing the game the right way, um, which I think is the, is the, you know, the next step of development in the U.S. as well. Yeah. hundred percent. But, uh, but I mean, listen, there, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So, uh, so I'll move into to, to our closing, you know, hit you with some rapid fire questions, my man. All right. So All right, I'm ready. This is just quick off the top of your head, you know, just answer. Don't think too much about it. All right, right. First question. Favorite player of all time? Messi. Favorite U.S. Men's National Team player of all time? Pre-rec. Altidore. We have one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> next Wait, question. Who, who, who did he say? Sorry, Heath. <laughs> I didn't hear What was it, though? Altidore. Jersey. Not, oh, okay. not Heath Pierce. It was, sorry. <laughs> sorry. We love you, though, bro. We love you. Yeah. Josie was the man. Josie was the, jo- Josie's still the man, but Josie was the, Josie was the man. 
Like yeah. he was, he was, he was the first built different, uh, um, <laughs> just, just, you know, a, a, a man at like, at like 16, 17. Yeah. Absolute beast. Dozy's that guy. I remember Mark him on set pieces. Yeah. That's another story. But last question, last <laughs> question. Uh, we had a, a Spotify playlist that we're having all the guests throw a song on. Um, and we mm. have a wide range of music here. You know, we got, uh, Meat Mill, Roddy, Tupac, Blink-182, uh, Zed, uh, Kenny Loggins. You know, yeah, trust me, there's a wide range of music here. So what do you All feel? Right. It could be what you're feeling now, what you feel during pregame, what you're feeling two years ago, whatever. All right, so what I'm feeling now just came out. So how about – you heard Young Thug's new album. <laughs> ski. We're tossing on Ski. We're talking on Ski. We're, talking, we're tossing on Ski into the playlist. Say no more. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, well, yo, really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, um, you're a busy man, and we wish you all the best uh, success at the club level, the national team level. We're all really excited to see uh, your growth, and we appreciate you you jumping on the pod and hanging out with with Mark and I for a little bit. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I enjoyed being on here. It was fun. You know, a little conversation. No, appreciate it, bro. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, yeah, keep balling out, and I'm, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks for so asking. Hopefully, these borders open up so I can get out to England too. Show me around Barnsley. Yeah, I say, yeah, oh, yeah. show you about all, all the spots in Barnsley. You know, <laughs> you got that. You got that direct flight. You got that direct flight from Genk. To, direct, to Barnsley. direct flight. Direct flight. <laughs> I might have. I might have to. Con- I might have to connect to Yorkshire, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Take it easy, man. So that's it, Mark. Another good episode, man. You're 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 firing on all cylinders. I gotta say, you are one of the most like if if there was a section on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts that was like most informed, like that you would be <laughs> you would be in that section of like most informed podcasters. Like maybe not like trending the most, maybe not getting the most views, but most informed for sure. If you had a FIFA card right now for podcasters, <laughs> you would have a five star podcaster that's what it would be five-star podcaster yeah. <laughs> man that was a good that was a good response i was thinking of another one and we could keep this going all day of like if you were uh if you were a this <laughs> you would be that uh but i ran out of things already because that's that's how my brain works but yeah man uh we as usual you know we try to put these things out weekly we appreciate appreciate all of you guys out there supporting us leaving us a rating and a review and sharing it with your friends the thing continues to grow actually every single week we get more and more followers. So, you know, um, that is a testament to the people out there listening and sharing it with people. And we appreciate all of you. And um, yeah, any, any closing thoughts, Mark? No, just just thank you to, to everybody who's been following us on, on our journey. Uh, yeah, much love to, to, to all you guys who, who've been dropping comments and reviews and, and a special shout out to, to, to Given Helmer for, for sending the, the, the review and asking for Daryl. Um, so make sure you guys are, are dropping these these reviews because we are watching, we are checking them out, and, and we want to make sure we give you guys what you want to hear. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. So, hey, that's it from us, Mark, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace.